1: Hey, everyone. I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life.
0: Hey, you guys. Today, we are talking about peacemaking in our blended families, just in time for the holidays. It's going to be good. Enjoy.
1: Welcome back to another episode. Where are we starting on this one?
0: Well, today is all about peace. I thought it would be appropriate with the holiday season. Um, it's the time of it's the time of peace, right? Christmas uh, seasons, al- a- allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly.
1: For a lot of people, especially <laughs> in blended families, this time of year, the holiday season is chaos because you're navigating between their house and our house and their house and their house. You know what I mean? It's like there's kids all over the place. Parents are all over the place. We're trying to coordinate with people we don't necessarily love. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's a lot of
0: work. So. And, I, and I think that there's a mad rush to get everything packed in. Yeah. Because now you only have your kids some of the time during the holiday season, which is already really short. And now we're trying to like pack every inch of every moment with activities. Right. I feel like our house has been like that.
1: Oh, it, yeah, forever.
0: Yeah, and so it's hard to find peace in the chaos. Maybe that's the holiday season. Right. Um, I wonder how the kids all feel about that. Like, they go to one house, and they're maybe double-dipping, right? We already got the Christmas tree at Mom's house. Now we got to do, go do it at Dad's house. Or, you know, we, I already went to this... Event And now I have to redo it because both families want that experience with me. You know,
1: well, kids are probably probably kids, probably love and hate this time of year. They love it because they get twice this twice the Christmas or it, or twice the Hanukkah, wherever you are, twice the Hanukkah, whatever you're doing, whatever you believe in, you get twice. They get twice the excitement, but they also have twice the chaos and twice the things like you just said, you know, so they're being pulled. You know, we feel like as parents, we're being pulled in so many directions. Think about these poor kids, man. They've got like we're only coordinating half of what they're doing. Then the other side is hopefully coordinating the other half that they're doing. And like these kids are just they're all over the place. Like, I don't know, man. It's a lot of work.
0: It's a lot of work. Yeah. And, you know, as you were as you were talking, what I was thinking, I'm like, as parents, so many parents think that it's so unfair And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're just like our kids. Kids always think everything's unfair, unfair, right? Like, there's no fairness, true. And I think as parents, when the holidays come around, we also are like, man, it's not fair. I'm missing out. Or the other family gets to have this experience and I don't get to have this experience with my kids. Or, you know, I think the the holidays really bring out the sense of unfairness, especially – when it comes to gifts or, you know, the, the big bang of, of Christmas is Christmas morning with the gifts and all the things, unfortunately. What if there was Christmas with no gifts? That'd be fair. No one gets a gift.
1: Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Kids would be really bummed, I think, without gifts, you know, as, as parents, as adults, I think it's not as big of a deal, you know, like we're just kind of. Whatever you know, we yeah. get all the things that we want, anyways. You know, gifts are just a plus, but um, I, I kids it, it would destroy them,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would destroy them, or it would teach them a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, prob-
1: the problem is, in order for it to teach them a lot, we have to be good teachers, we have to really instill and be able to teach them. So, if you're just like, no gifts, and you there's not really a lesson involved with it, then I think you're Then you're have, just mean, yeah,
0: you're rude, yeah, you're a bummer, you're the Grinch. Speaking of the Grinch, is everywhere this year.
1: I know, I noticed that there I was mean, like multiple Grinches in the local Christmas parade.
0: I think I counted eight.
1: Eight, holy cow, I didn't that count that. I many, saw, but yeah, okay. it was,
0: it's wild. I don't know. I'm like, how. What a sad symbol of Christmas, but that's besides the
1: point. <laughs> well, I, you yeah, but you're looking at it like you're such a Hallmark person where you're like it's such a symbol. I'm like people are like no, the Grinch is fun. Like the the the, the movie is fun. the movie is fun, you know? Like uh, that's what that's what it is, you know? Like that's it's not symbolizing well, in like in the end bah of the story
0: bum. he becomes I, I get it, but I don't yeah. know. It's just funny. It's, just, it's funny to me. Yeah. You know. the, the um, difference
1: between you and I if you guys haven't noticed,
0: oh, do tell the audience that no, they they're know. New.
1: They're all sitting there, like smirking. They're like, yeah. Yeah, but if we half have is new glass, listeners. Half his glass empty and half his glass full. Like, people know this about us. Kay. Don't they empty?
0: Yeah. Yes. Full. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm going to remind so you of full. how your glass is full all the time now.
1: I know. Look, it. it's Every pouring day. out onto all of I'm our listeners. You guys, look, can you feel it okay. pouring out? Let's talk about peace. So much greatness. I would like to I, talk about that's peace. That's what I'm working on. Are you?
0: Yeah. How I'm are like, you working on peace?
1: Like, look at how happy and <laughs> joyful and full my glass is. This is nothing but peace. Everyone feels it. What okay. is the, do that we have the cricket still? Okay. Oh, no, um, that's, that's the guy.
0: When you think of, let's define peace first. And then we're going to talk about three habits. Um, three habits. Of a peacemaker, because I think that, you know, I don't think I know um, one thing, the most popular thing that is desired by any of my clients. You know, if I ask everyone when I talk to them, what do you want? What is it you want to be experiencing in your blended family or in your life? It's the first question I ask anyone, and peace is the number one answer.
1: I feel like that's... um that's a that's something obviously like you just said a lot of people want but i also feel like that is the easiest one to understand is that that sound weird yes it's easy to understand there can only be peace if everyone is happy is if everyone is at bay and let's just put it into like real world terms there can only be peace if both sides agree to it you know in war if both sides agree to uh, let's say, ceasefire, you know, then there can be peace. If both sides agree to terms, then there can be peace. But the problem is everyone has to be happy. And in order for everyone to be happy, stars have to align. And by golly, I am no astronomical physicist.
0: Yeah, I think that your definition of peace is a very common one. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is it's, the It's kind a broad term. Well, I think Webster's Dictionary. I think that the 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 peace you speak of is outside in. Like, if the fighting stops, then there will be peace. Um, and so, what I help my clients with is understanding that peace is really inside out. Mm. That it is peaceful people who create the ceasefire. Right. But it isn't that there's everyone just magically doesn't shoot their guns you know, for whatever reason, because they ran out of ammunition and there's peace. No, for no, no, day. no,
1: that's my, that's my point is everyone has to be at a place where they agree, where they are, where they are internally peaceful and they are okay where we are, you know? And that's, that's a hard part about blended families is, you know, one side might be just good to go and just feeling peaceful and fine, but then the other side always sparks up and then it, there becomes chaos. So, Getting both sides to just be at peace is again stars lining up.
0: Yeah. Do you think that it's possible to experience peace regardless of what anyone else is doing?
1: Um yes, but it's a it is a living in your own bubble, head in the sand type of reality, which I do quite often. (laughs) I'll be like, I don't care, people around me, you guys could be miserable. I'm just going to go on with my, my day and my things. And I find my own peace and I just cruise along. So it doesn't mean that it's like mutual peace amongst everyone, but my own peace, man, I can, I can be driving down the road as peaceful as can be as long as there's no one else around me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you think about it, like, let's go back to the ceasefire situation. Just because there's a lack of firing, somebody could be totally not at peace inside. Right. Right. Even if there's like no action.
1: Yeah, I'm not talking about, like, fully logistics, but I'm just talking about, like, where everyone has just gone on with their lives at that point. You yeah. Know, it, the the war, quote-unquote, still just no longer exists now yeah. because everyone is at peace.
0: So I think the definition that we all know and is very common, right, is that peace is a is the absence of hostility, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. just no hostility. Right. There's just peace, right? There's calm um and i i found a really cool definition because when i think of peace i i, I think of what's going on inside each one of us mm. because if each one of us showed up peaceful it would create a, an experience of peace right like we would be promoting it we would be, it would, people would be affected by it and so if if that was happening within us so this definition kind of speaks to that and it says um peace is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Interesting. Freedom. I love that. Freedom from disquieting thoughts or oppressive thoughts or emotions. I love that definition. Isn't it good?
1: Yeah, it's really it's it's like I said, it's like it's like not it is. It's sticking your head in the sand and just being free from everyone else. It's driving down the road not thinking about or caring about the negative thoughts that everyone brings to the table it's about being in a place of meditation if you will where no one else is around you bothering you on your mind at the forefront of your mind you know it's just you are at a state of peace
0: yeah I think of you you think of it like putting your head in the sound like an ostrich um and when I think of this, like another visual I come up with is a picture a person holding like a hundred balloons and all of those balloons are tethered in the hand with string or whatever, you know, and freedom really is deciding to let go of everyone else, of, of offenses, like being offended, you um, being oppressed, like letting go of whatever you're attached to that is causing you conflict, chaos, um, the weight of people pleasing or um, whatever it is that you're holding on to and tethered to that is not allowing you to feel that peace. And so you think of it as, I'm like, what if it's just like letting go?
1: Yeah, but it depends on how high you are with those balloons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because they're going to fall
1: and go splat.
0: Yeah, if there's enough of them and they have you hovering off the ground, there's a problem.
1: Yeah, but a lot of people, that is their reality. A lot of people hang their hang their relationships and hang their, their feelings and their thoughts and their day-to-day actions on those negative balloons, if you will. And there's enough of them pulling them up and that's what they thrive off of that when those negative balloons pop, they hit the ground.
0: Splat. Splat. Yeah. So peace in this holiday season. I, so I read the Bible every morning. I do devotionals every morning. And this morning, um, this theme of peace kept coming. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm listening. And I read this devotional by Archbishop Justin Welby. And he, so this is, this is, these are his things that I tweaked from my coaching perspective. So he, um, he wrote three habits of a peacemaker. And I was thinking, what a wonderful thing to talk about on our podcast as we're entering the holiday season. um, Because what if we could have habits of, of peacemaking in our home? What if the adults in the home could commit to these habits of being peacemakers in their home and seeing what happens? Like it's yeah. a science experiment. Like, just see what happens if you adapt these three things this holiday season.
1: Okay. So, you're going your to give us three things to adapt to? Yes. And, and, and just a little sneak peek, you guys, that if you want more than these three things for these holiday seasons, give Julie, drop her a line, drop her an email at becomingherd.com or becomingherdnow at gmail.com is her email and get on her uh, get on her coaching program because she will give you more than three. Tips and tricks.
0: Yeah, but these are really, really good. So, um, again, Archbishop um, Justin Welby came up with these three, and then I kind of tweaked them in my coaching with my coaching hat on. So, the first thing is something I talk about all the time with my clients. The first habit um, of peacemaking is staying curious, Kay. being curious. Okay. And What's I know we've talked about this a lot. Um, well, I wrote some notes, so I'm just going to read what I wrote. Um, that a posture of curiosity can bridge a, a divide and create space for vulnerable conversation. So if, you, if you're curious about the other person or people or situation, then you're coming at it from trying to understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to agree. We're not trying to judge. We're curious, like, why do you think about, why wh- why do you think about yourself that way or others that way or the world that way? Where are you coming from? Tell me your beliefs. And so it's staying in a posture of curiosity really is a bridge to connection because it, it opens up vulnerability. Right. And when somebody feels heard, they feel connected to you. Okay. Right. Right. And I think that we forget, and this is something I teach all the time my clients, I think that we forget the point of communication is not agreements.
1: What is it? What is it to be
0: exact? Connection. Okay. Unless you're in a courtroom, mm. and then it's it's all about, you know, agreeance. <laughs> but your marriage shouldn't be a courtroom, and I think about how many marriages are literally like a litigation. Like we're just sitting there arguing our point.
1: Yeah, exactly. Feel like that and have to feel like they constantly have to argue their point or prove their case. Um so many people are raising their hands right now.
0: Yeah. And so curiosity really like genuine curiosity, right? I think that people can take that and be like asking questions to shame or to make a point and lead them places. That's not genuine curiosity. Genuine curiosity curiosity really is coming from a place of wanting to understand the other person and anytime you open that door and it opens the door to vulnerability connection grows and I think that when people feel understood they calm down when you understand somebody else you calm down and again the point isn't to agree the point is to connect you are different from every other person that walks this earth you have a unique fingerprint. To expect to agree with everyone or have everyone to agree with you is pretty illogical, and so I think we hang our hat on agreements, and it does a really big disservice in our blended families. And so I think we need to embrace and understand differences this holiday season instead of judging them um, or jumping to conclusions about them. Um, and I love this because this is something that Justin w- Archbishop Justin Welby wrote in this little section on curiosity. He said that we can approach others with a sense of wonder.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: And I'm like, that is how, when we think about like Jesus in the manger and that scene, it is such a sense of wonder. Like there's a wonderment about the Bible story around Jesus's birth and why we celebrate Christmas and all of that. And I'm like, what if we had that same sense of wonderment when we approached the people in our blended family? Yeah, or even our co parents, as crazy as that might sound.
1: Yeah, or our neighbors, and you just keep you keep spreading it from there. You know how uh, you just that's how you carried yourself in society.
0: Yeah, so a habit of curiosity is the first way that you can be a peacemaker in your blended family. Um, the second habit to um, be a peacemaker that you need to cultivate is a habit of being present. Being present,
1: just showing up.
0: Yeah, not presents under the tree, not wrapping yourself like you would wrap yourself up with a bow and be like, "I'm being present."
1: I might be present this year. You never know.
0: Are you gonna be under the tree in a bow?
1: I don't know. Depends. I'll have to wait. <laughs> yeah, you have to wait. Depends on what Christmas morning looks like.
0: Yeah, you know, I think um, holiday season. There's a lot of family. We. <laughs> A lot of people that we're exposed to maybe that aren't our favorite people in the world. Like you said, we're dealing with our co-parents more maybe during the season and they're not our favorite person or people in the world. Um, And so when we are when we are confronted with people we don't love or we're confronted with people that challenge us because they're different than us, we have this temptation to want to withdraw. Right. We want to take ourselves out of the equation Um, and the thing about withdrawing is if you are present, if someone, if someone in your blended family is present and different than you and you withdraw, is that, are you a safe person?
1: Well, it depends on what, what the reasoning is for the withdrawal.
0: Okay. You're such a dude. Uh, No, I
1: mean, really though, there's, there's so many reasons there could be, but Okay.
0: No, I get it. Like if you're going to throw down and fight, withdraw, right? I,
1: I mean, sure, yeah. Like it depends the, on, depends on what's w- happening. It's worth fighting over.
0: <laughs> but if you are just conflict avoidant and you can't you can't handle somebody that is different than you because they believe different than you, they look different than you, um they see the world differently than you, they hold a different political party than you. Um, well, that's a problem with parent within, differently yeah, than you. Yeah, that's a problem
1: within yourself, though. That's not the other person's problem. Like, that's your own. That's something that lives within you.
0: Right. But if you if you are in a blended family and you can't stay put with differences, you are going to create an unsafe space for your family. If you're always out when things get hard, like, I can't handle this conversation, so I'm out. I don't want to have conflict with you. Everybody in families have conflict. Parent-child, step-siblings, husband-wife.
1: Some more than others.
0: Yeah, but if you are always withdrawing and you can't stay present for the difficult or the differences, it is not promoting safety, which is not promoting peace. And so if you want to be a peacemaker, then you've got to learn that you need to be steadfast in differences. Like, you need to be the steadfast when things are different or hard, like you stand, like some stand people are still. listening
1: to us right now and they're like, screw it. I don't want to be a peacemaker.
0: <laughs> I know. I don't. I think people <laughs> say they want it, yeah. but no, people aren't willing to do it. There's they think it just it's, happens. And yeah. Peace is reliant on everyone else, not me. No. Like that's the misconception, oh, right? Like, I guess that's the misconception. If everyone peace else is really... gets along, I'll be at peace.
1: Yeah, no, you need to be a part of that equation.
0: Correct. You have to promote it. You have to be a peacemaker, especially if you're a parent or a step-parent. You're the adult and you're the leader in your home and, and you want peace, but you're not willing to teach it. And how do we teach anyone by doing? People learn from us by watching us. People don't learn from us by our words necessarily. Especially kids.
1: Yeah, not usually.
0: There right. was a great quote from the Archbishop Justin Welby in my devotional. He's a
1: zany biographer, man. This I guy, know. I just want to give guy? him
0: credit. He was the author of. Um, of is he still this. around? I don't know.
1: Is he a mailman by chance?
0: <laughs> but there is a quote that he said that distance and hurry are ideal conditions for conflict. Hmm. So when he was talking about being present, that's what he said. He said, distance and hurry are ideal conditions for conflict. Interesting. What do you think about that?
1: Very interesting.
0: Interesting how? Like, do you think, do you believe it? Like distance creates conflict or hurry creates I, conflict? No, I don't think
1: so. You do uh, No, I mean, it, it can. Yes, 100%. But sometimes distance also creates peace. Like I can't tell you like how many people I am distant from now. And there is just peace in that, you know, I can see them now and and, and there's peace now. I don't have ill will or um, harsh feelings against them because distance created peace.
0: Totally. But in the sense of like when we're talking about creating peace in our blended families.
1: I might need to just create need to create some distance and peace will be created.
0: If you go distance, I promise you peace will not be created.
1: I don't No, I don't necessarily agree with that. I And again, hmm. I might just be a dude. But I think sometimes peace can be created by distance and letting both sides cool down, both sides realizing like how how minimal or um little the problem was to begin with or the argument was to begin with, or you know stuff just goes away you know like if if you if you hate me for taking your game boy, you know in nineteen ninety
0: I would have hated you if you took my game boy yeah in 1990
1: right yep and then we have just not talked to each other for a long time and then now we see each other and you have your fancy new iphone and your your game boy does not matter to you anymore you probably don't care there's probably so many kids in school in class when you were little kids that you probably just didn't like as little kids and if you saw them now (laughs) for stupid things kids do stupid things you know they they put gum under your desk or they drew a picture on your desk or something. You know what I mean? Something stupid. And I'm talking about kids, but, you know, as adults, we we get mad and we get upset about petty things. We hold grudges about petty things that sometimes you just put distance between us and that stuff goes away. So I have to agree to disagree.
0: Okay. Well, the last thing I wrote about being present is that if you're able to stay put, it builds trust, right? If I know somebody is steadfast – through my moods or my my disappointments or my my outbursts or or whatever I'm going through if I'm going through a hard time and I'm behaving badly and I know somebody is not moving that they're staying there that feels steady and safe and I trust that if my mood affects somebody and they retreat or if I can't be me and I can't have a hard time and I can't I can't deal with what I'm dealing with, how I deal with it, and that makes them retreat, then that I don't trust. I don't trust somebody who can't hang with me. Yeah, that's but what, just my personal that's me and you're right. different. We're no, different. No, but I'm also humans. like what
1: happens if that if that attitude and that behavior that you retreat from happens so often that that is the only coping mechanism. Because after a while, you hang out with someone negative long enough and down and in a bad mood. And I'm not talking about for a few hours. I'm talking about days, weeks, months, years in. Eventually, it starts bringing down your quality of life as well. Like sometimes like, well, screw being a safe space for you because what's happening is, is I'm now getting sucked into your vortex of negativity. Yeah. And I know people like this. I know people mm-hmm. that bring people down with them because that's mm-hmm. how they connect. So this screw is, your connection at that point.
0: No, this is so This is so interesting because um, I haven't even shared this with you y- yet. So my, most things on our podcast. Are, are you getting a face tattoo? Time. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, I should, though. Um, so I think that this is so I don't know if you know every year I I have like a word of the year. Yeah. And so 2023 my word of the year has been maturity. It's not a fun word. I don't enjoy the journey. Um, it's, and actually God has recently, as we're wrapping up 2023, God has really been fastly exposing my immaturity to me. Uh, it's been really hard and it's not, it's not fun. Right. Um, but one of the things that I'm understanding about that, what exactly what you're talking about, because I am super reactionary and I allow um, my immaturity because I just haven't grown this part of me yet. It exists, um, but I'm so reactionary. So somebody's bad mood will put me in a bad mood the whole day. Your your bad mood, my kids' bad mood, my stepson's bad mood, Our dog's my mom's bad mood, bad mood right? Our dog's like
1: getting bad moods. Our dogs are maturing though. I talked about this earlier today.
0: So, what I realize it's it's a me problem. Like I can't control anyone else, right? And I am no longer, I don't love being reactionary anymore. I don't. It doesn't serve me well. I don't like it. And I really recognize the immaturity of it. Like I remaining steadfast when other people, like me just being able to be me when, and allowing other people to be in their moods or upset or annoyed or, or really happy and me not feeling like I have to jump on that bandwagon either. But what I'm learning about maturity, what God's revealing to me about maturity, it could be it's probably different for everyone, So don't come for me, but I'm realizing for me that maturity is how do I stay in control of myself so that I'm not pulled under by what you're speaking of. Yeah. Because that's a me journey.
1: Well, and it's a multi-stage journey because I'm seeing this with you (laughs) and I'm seeing the stages where you have noticed that. And I would say that has been over the last, I'm just throwing a number out there, six or seven months. I really started to see that, it's but,
0: okay. <laughs> but oh, forget. Okay. No, no, no. no, no it's no, good. It's no, continue It's I just, but
1: there's other stages to it because yeah. now you're like, you're not letting it bring you down in, but you're carrying yourself like, Oh, I'm not carrying, I'm not bringing, I'm not being brought down, but you're also, you're not there yet where you're just like, it's not totally affecting you. You're totally. just like, it's it the process. You're now, yes, exactly. You're in like a stage of it.
0: Mm-hmm. where
1: it doesn't affect you to where you're not going to get mad uh, you know or let it bring you down to where you're in a bad mood but you let it affect you to where you're like but now I'm affected by it so I'm going to I'm going to show to you I'm going to show you I'm affect I'm not affected by it by being affected by it so wow. like you're you're working through it though I'm I'm seeing stages yeah like I a, think like it's a like a muscle reg- right I don't you're like a regular old rocket launch
0: well, I don't lift weights and have muscles overnight. No, it's I'm like just a, saying. I'm I'm noticing
1: yeah. your 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 mat- maturity.
0: Yeah, but it's it's not a fun journey and I don't and I also have my word for twenty twenty four, which I won't share right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, we it's, can't say that on the podcast.
0: <laughs> but it's equally like not fun.
1: Oh. Well, why are you choosing these words then?
0: It's not that I'm choosing them. Wh- it's that like I pray them? about them and God gives them to me. Okay. Like, God gave me maturity for... I wasn't like, yeah, well, that yeah, sounds but, like but, a fun but journey. Did, but
1: did God give you maturity? <laughs> That's the like, million-dollar question. I think
0: he's taken me on a journey. Oh, I think I'm yeah. very different at the end of this year, even, than I started this year out oh, Maturity-wise. <laughs> yes, I would agree. No? Yes. I don't know. It's But it's not fun. Like, it's not fun Tell seeing your it. stuff being exposed. Right. Like, yourself, yeah. right? I think it's it's hard to be able... It's hard to, to see... The parts of you that aren't great, that need work, that don't serve you well, and to acknowledge that isn't fun. Um,
1: But it's one thing to work on yourself, and it's one thing to be like, I want to grow in places, but it's also one thing to be like, I want to completely change who I am. Like, what if I just set on a mission, and I'm like, I'm going to change everything about me? Well, then, like, what was the point of you falling in love with me for who I am, and hopefully you love the me i become just no. think about that i don't it's not like a it, no I, it's not I like think a it's interesting. it wasn't a question it was a statement
0: <laughs> you don't want it a was, response
1: no i mean you can respond to it but again you have to remember if like i'm i'm if i eric set myself out on a mission 2024 january 1st and i'm like i'm gonna change everything about me well you know what i mean like, who does that apparently you like you're working on a word and you're like yeah no you know what i'm saying though like you're working on things where you're like i'm gonna grow here i'm gonna do this you know and it's okay to grow and but but be careful i'm just i'm not necessarily saying you like people in general are like i'm just i'm changing everything about me i'm changing my ways i'm doing you know and it's good to grow but people love you for who you are like be content who you are right now where you are because a lot of people don't put value in themselves. And I think this is a problem with our society. Everyone wants to, to grow places. They want to grow spiritually. They want to grow independently. They want to grow financially. They want to, they just want to grow. They want to be so much better, which is a good goal, but be careful how you do it, where you do it and make sure it aligns with your family values.
0: Yeah. Change. I would hope that Change is scary for a lot of people. I just want to say that it it is also something my clients really wrestle with because the literally the work I do for a living is change. (laughs) That is, that is what I do is I help people change. I help people change the things that don't serve them well. I help people transform into the people that they must become to have what they want to have in life. And, you know, it's a very real fear for most people, especially married people I work with, that if I transform, is my spouse not going to love me anymore?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, and I reasonable. think
0: that I want to answer that in two parts. One, hopefully we've married people who are our champions, right? I mean, none of the work that I do with anyone is changing you for the worse, right? Making you into a thief and a liar and a manipulator and an adulterer and a gambler and an alcoholic. Like, that's not the journey. The journey of change is to evolve into your highest self, to be better, to become your best self, to become who you need to be to have a peaceful, blended family. Right. To have the success you want to have a good experience in your blended family so you don't leave. But that requires you to change and stop making everyone else around you have to like you because you can't control that. So you have to change. And so it, it does generate a lot of fear in clients. And I think that's an important acknowledgement that, man, if you change for the better and your spouse is out, probably not the person for you. Hopefully your spouse is your champion and wants you to be the best version of yourself. And the second thing I want to speak into that is between now and 80, I'm going to change whether I try to or not, whether like it's just we grow and evolve. I'm not the same person I was at five years old. Right. I have new coping skills. <laughs> I have new communication styles. I have new ways of doing conflict. I don't look like I do at five don't handle things like I do at five or 20 and it's the natural and And people say they fall out of love right or they grow apart and I think that happens regardless if you're on a journey of transformation or not this no is, I think
1: that's my point of it is it heightens it if you're just like I'm all in on like completely changing who I am because I hear a lot of people that say that I see I see and and hear a lot of people that are just like I'm changing everything like This year is going to be better. And it's like, you know, work on a part, work on a part of you, you know, that serves your family, that serves you and your family, but also isn't just completely selfish, just serving you, you know, you are growing with your family. You're setting a goal. That's a goal of you and your spouse or you and your family. It's not just you growing because a lot of times growing, you're growing apart.
0: Yeah, but you're okay.
1: I again I might just be a guy about it but I I see these things I feel these things like uh, this is
0: life yeah some people are happy being stuck right some people uh, really like not growing like it's scary to grow it's, it's scary no, it's to change a, it's like not yeah. like some people just enjoy being stuck but I, I don't I think when you get married you have to understand the person you married t- 40 years in is going to look different right like that's that's Normal? Of course, yes. Okay, but
1: they didn't go one year, 2024, and go. Ooh, I'm going to get all the plastic surgery, and I'm going to get these big old lips and these big old te- uh, things, and we're just going to change everything about me because now you're like, dude, you look like Michael J. Jackson.
0: Okay, so this is real. If you feel like this in your marriage, this is actually really good because we're going to talk. So, if you feel like this in your marriage, if you feel like your spouse is. And you're, you're like, this is, this is something's up because my spouse is changing everything all at once, right? That, that can be alarming. And I acknowledge that. Like, that, that would be hard That's as my a whole spouse. point, yeah. So then be a peacemaker, right? Get curious and be present, right? Do the first two parts of peacemaking we've already discussed. Get curious. Allow them to be vulnerable as to why they feel like they need to make all these changes, What is going on that they feel unworthy or that they feel like they have to change? Like I think the most loving thing you can do if you have a spouse who's changing everything all at once and you don't understand is try to get on their level and understand. Be curious. Don't withdraw from them. Be present. Walk the journey with them maybe and try to understand and try to be a part of their journey and then you won't feel so on the outside you won't feel it might make you grow too you know or your love will intercede and I think that that is where we we get we get offended and we get scared and we get judgmental and when we get that way with our spouse it breaks all connection and it's really hard to make forward movement and I think this is why change breaks down relationships sometimes is because it's hard to make forward movement as a as a couple, when there's no connection, how do you move forward when you've disconnected from your spouse? And the top three ways you disconnect from your spouse is your, you know, your judgmental, your, oh, I just had them and they went out.
1: Do you need to re- revisit Justin D. Gertrude? <laughs> <laughs> That's Whatever. not it.
0: No. But like judgment is a really, is a really fast way to break connection. Um, When you don't understand what's happening, when you're disconnected from them, um, you you can't make forward movement. So I I just get curious, be present, um, and then try the third, the third habit around being a peacemaker, a peacemaker in your blended family is to reimagine. And I thought this is my, this is my favorite one that he wrote was on reimagining because we get in, um, even our thoughts become habits. We have thought patterns and like how you think about something when you're angry, how you react or how you judge someone that's different from you um, becomes habitual, right? It's just automatic. And so what I love about this idea of reimagining is that you become a hope seeker because if there's no hope... It's again hard to hard to have peace when there's no hope. Hard to want to move forward and work on things when there when there's like a sense of hopelessness, right? So when you reimagine what you're doing, is you're laying down um, all of your judgments and all of your assumptions of how the outcome is going to go. Because I think what happens is there's conflict in our home with our children, our stepchildren, or our spouse, or maybe our co-parent, and because there's been conflict before. And we've had past experiences, we are already driving the car off the cliff. We are we're already picturing how this is gonna go. I do this a lot, right? Like I already know how this is gonna go. And so there's no hope because I've already predetermined in my head the outcome. And so because of that, there's no peace there. What that does is create conflict, right? It makes me feel bitter and resentful and upset. And so it's this renewing of your mind to open up possibility that there can be healing, that there can be understanding, um, and that there can be reconciliation. Like can we keep our minds open that there's possibility of reconciliation because that's where hope is. And if we can reimagine that and it will actively break the habit of assuming or determining the worst outcome possible in a really, ho- when there's conflict. And I think the holidays bring up a lot of conflict. So I love the idea of reimagining and breaking that thought pattern of like the worst outcome.
1: How do you do that?
0: <clears throat> how do you habit change? I think that's a really good question. <clears throat> this is something I work with my clients on all the time, right? Because just because you want it doesn't make it so. Um, you, it's intentional. Like, how do you work out?
1: I don't, I ate pizza and monster for breakfast this morning.
0: Yeah. So like if you're thinking about creating any new habit, like say I want to go to the gym and I want to create a habit of exercise in my life. Well, I have to set an alarm maybe to get up at a certain time. Maybe I lay my workout clothes out the night before, or I just put them on first thing in the morning. Um, I schedule a time to work out, right? So I either have a Pilates class I'm attending or I know at 9.30 I'm going for a run or 8.30 I'm hopping on the bike. Like I I schedule it. I'm intentional about it. I set myself up for success so I have a Pilates instructor or I have a bike in my home that I can get on and ride. So it's about you have to create opportunity to practice the thing that you want. And a routine. Yeah, but you have to set yourself up for success. So um, you have to be intentional and you have to set, you have to create opportunity. So if you know you have a habit of thinking the worst of someone, when that somebody is around you and you know you're going to be around them this holiday season, you might wear a bracelet or a hair tie or a watch or you might put something around your wrist or when you know you're going to see them.
1: Or your neck, depending on who they are. <laughs> and
0: that, but what it does is it reminds you to reimagine. Right? So if I'm trying to create a new habit of changing a thought pattern, then I need to be reminded. So I have to set myself up with success in a way that I can set myself up to be reminded. So it could be something on my phone. Like I could have a notification on my phone pop up at 6.30 p.m. because I know I'm having dinner at 5 that I'm going to reimagine halfway through this dinner time. Like that word pops up on my phone. And I'm like, okay, I'm opening a possibility for reconciliation here. And so you have to kind of set yourself up. Maybe it's a post-it note. Maybe you write, like, you know, kids write on their hands all the time. You might write the word reimagine. And hopefully you're things. not too
1: sweaty and sweat it off because you're just
0: having right. one of those dinners. So have a nice piece of jewelry on instead mm. that won't sweat off. Diamonds don't sweat off. Neither does gold. Just saying. Just saying. But anyway, I think you have to set yourself up for success in these things. Um, really quickly, I I think the the top. I also want to address the top three disruptors of peace,
1: which are children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and well, to,
1: and animals, dogs.
0: The I, I just want to say I want I only want to say these really briefly so that you guys are aware so that they might spark in you like when they happen this is a peace disruptor. So now I'm going to be a peacemaker and maybe practice the three habits of peacemaking in your home. So the first one is poor communication, right? When there's poor communication, it disrupts peace because it just creates misunderstandings. You know, people feel like they have unexpressed feelings and unclear expectations, and all of that does not contribute to peace. So the first thing... The first disruptor of peace is poor communication. The second, in blended families specifically, that's a peace disruptor, is role ambiguity in the blended family. And this I see so often in my practice. Nobody knows their role. Nobody has a clear understanding of how they're supposed to be showing up in this blended family. What am I supposed to be doing? What, what power do I have? Where do I fit in? What are my expectations? And that creates a lot of anxiety, and you can't have anxiety and peace at the same time. So, I would clearly define roles and expectations in this holiday season, and that will really help your peace. Um, Interestingly enough, um, when I was researching the top three disruptors of peace, I disagree with the third one. I read that it was parent child loyalty. And I would say it's different parenting styles. So I think those two come in neck and neck for third place. I think different parenting styles in the home is a huge disruptor of peace in your blended family unit because it promotes disunity, right? It's hard to present a united front um, in your household when you have different parenting styles. Now, it can be done. Eric and I do it all the time, but it doesn't mean it promotes unity in the home. Um, And I think that it pits parents against each other because you're constantly judging the other person in the marriage for how they parent their kid. Right, Right, wrong, good, bad, because it's different, we're judging it. And I think it's a really big opportunity to allow conflict, resentment, bitterness, unfairness, all the negative feelings come in. So different parenting styles in the home is a huge disruptor of peace in a blended family. And then kids feel that. Any conflict that's going on in a marriage in the home, kids feel that. They hear everything. They see everything. So it disrupts their peace. Even if you feel like, well, we don't talk about it in front of them and, and we, don't, we don't bring it to them as an issue, they still feel it. And so this, and then the other one, parent and child loyalty, that's just where loyalty binds are and parent alienation and they feel like they can't love their step-parent because if they do, they're being disloyal to their bio-parent and that does create, I don't want to poo-poo that, that that is a disruptor of peace, especially for the kids and I know for parents too, that's a really, a really tender subject, so um, if you... Beware of those four things going into this holiday season and beyond. And then go ahead and practice the three habits of peacemaking in your blended family and just try. See what happens. Because when you show up at peace, it will affect change in your home. You can't show up at peace and have things remain the same. Like, people will be affected when you show up peaceful. I mean... Right. It helps.
1: It, I mean, definitely helps change attitudes.
0: So yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. And when you, sh- when you can find peace in yourself, it frees you from conflict because you realize you don't have to die on every hill that's in front of you. You can be free from conflict and it also frees you from anxiety. What's there to be anxious about if you're at peace? And so if you're showing up in your blended family sans anxiety and not not trying to create conflict or be a part of, like, if you're just chill, it brings the whole household down a couple notches when they're, with right, when it's high, strong, and stressful, and you can just be steadfast and chill. I think it helps. It's going to help this holiday season for sure.
1: Hopefully. So...
0: Yeah, that's it. Any final thoughts from you?
1: Nope. Thank you guys for being here with us. We are the Blended Life. you want to connect with us on any of the socials, we're on Instagram. Um, if you guys watch this live, not live, but if you guys watch this on uh, YouTube, don't forget to leave a like, a comment, uh, follow us, subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Uh, feel free to write into to us on there and we can communicate back and forth, but uh, we just appreciate you guys being here with us. So.
0: Yeah, thanks, you guys. I look forward to hearing from you please 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 reach out at becomingheardnow@gmail.com at gmail.com if you want a free breakthrough session i'm still offering those and i would love the opportunity to speak more about any of this with you guys or if you have a situation that you want talked about on our podcast and to get two different perspectives on you can always write in your your situation if you do try not to make it five pages It's hard to read all that on it on a podcast. But if we have you have a specific question or a specific circumstance you'd like us to speak into, we would love to hear from you and hopefully help you out.
1: Okay. See you guys next time.
0: Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow@gmail.com at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. BecomingHerdNow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.